0: You're listening to the teaching ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery or for more free audio content, please visit discoverybristol.com. Yesterday I was telling my kids, we were talking about the phrase I grew up with, many of you probably did, we've talked about this before, that one person would say, he is risen, and everyone else would say, he is risen indeed. And I was telling my kids about that, and uh, we we were doing it at the house at at dinner, and my uh, seven-year-old, Henry, and and he just, when he talks, he's very expressive, and he talks with his hands. Um, I don't know where he gets that from, but um, he, he gets really into it, and he goes, dad, dad, I got an idea tomorrow when you're on stage you should say you should say that he is risen and they'll say he is risen indeed I said all right and so this morning I hadn't seen him when because I left before they got up and and I saw him out in the lobby and I said happy Easter and he gave me a kiss and he goes dad dad come here said what and he goes tell him he is risen and I, I said all right so he is risen That's right. What a wonderful day! I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Like, I'm all jittery and pumped. I don't know if it's Easter or this morning. Like, my whole breakfast was a Dr Pepper and a bag of gummy bears, and so it's one of the two. But I'm excited. And so um, I was thinking. So this this week we were looking. I've been thinking about this for a while. This idea of our walk, of our walk with God, right? And it's like a journey where you're beginning to walk and. When we came to know Christ, it was this idea that that we would walk with him, and as this week was going, I was thinking about meaningful walks in my life, and it might sound silly for you, but, but I'm sure there's some in your life, like if you stopped and thought about it, there would be some, and that's pretty neat, I like that. All right, and so, um, and so there's times like just a few months ago when I was sick uh, at Christmas with COVID, um, Sarah was trying to get me out and get some fresh air to get me moving and, and to walk the street. I couldn't even make it to the end of my driveway. So there's times when this walk is, is hard, but then there's times that I remember of a walk in our life where it was full of joy. Yeah, our wedding, that I walked down the aisle with the pastor, and then I remember turning around and seeing everyone come, but then when Sarah came walking down the aisle, just this joy that I still have in my mind of that image and that beautiful scene, there's times when a walk has been heartache, when I walked as a pastor in front of the casket preceding a funeral to bury a friend and a mentor of mine. There's times when walks in my life have been humorous. One time we were in Africa, the first time I went, I was with the village chief. And in his show of appreciation, it was customary that that he would grab my hand and show appreciation that we were friends, we were united. And he did this when we were walking to another village three miles away. And he grabbed my hand. I was like, all right, awkward, but we're walking. And then he didn't let go. Three miles I held hands with the village chief. While the rest of my group was behind me just laughing, taking pictures. Ah, oh, look at that. And so, so there's these awkward moments, right, of walks. And so as I was thinking about this, this walk with God, I was thinking about in, in Genesis chapter 3, and it says that God was walking in the garden. And that Adam and Eve were there, and he was looking for them. And thinking about this, this walk with God as our spiritual journey. And so I thought about doing this for the whole message. But if you were here several months ago when I had an asthma attack doing a dance, I knew this would not work out well. And so, we have Zoe Arrington. Zoe's around here, right? There's Zoe. Zoe is a state champion runner. She won a state championship high school for the two miles, and this year she's taking it all. So, Zoe, will you walk for us? So, Zoe's going to walk, and to look at this, this walk that we have with Christ, Right this this idea as Lena has that uh, being baptized and she's got this journey ahead of her with God and, and you would think that this walk is is a peaceful thing that's what we all thought like it's this beautiful easy thing there there's that passage I love this passage in Matthew chapter 11 Jesus is sharing with the people and he says Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light this is what I picture our, our walk with Christ to be is this, is this easy stroll right where there's no exertion it's just this peaceful time with God and for many people it is and, and it was at the beginning it was this wonderful time where where you, we engulfed ourselves in in fellowship with other Christians and and reveled in the forgiveness of our sins. In that verse, First John one seven says, "But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all that." We just embrace that and love that verse, and we're walking with Jesus, and the, these kind of things go through our mind that we've been clean, we've been saved. And we present everything to God in Philippians 4, 6. It says, we live this out. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This was our, our walk, right? This is how I picture it should be. It's come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is what Jesus has to offer. But somewhere along the line... I know I did, probably many of you have, other things begin to creep in, right? That there's other things that are just reality, that there's work and there's school, there's, there's family, there's commitments, there's this just hectic schedule, and eventually all these things end up taking priority over this walk, over this walk with God. And that's just our busy schedule, right? That's not counting the burdens of, of problems, that distract us and, and pull us away. Like, there's just burdens that we have to carry that, that whether we like it or not, they, they're something that we just have to carry on this walk. And so, for example, this week, uh, I had our house, Sarah, or the past two weeks, Sarah threw her back out. Our dishwasher broke. We have this infestation of ants, and our youngest, Zinni Gray, she's three, about to turn four, went on a hunger strike. And so, like, she just won't eat, and she refuses, and it's this protest over chicken salad that's really good. And we don't know, but we're just like, every meal, you're going to have it tomorrow. And she just won't eat. And so there's this this reality, right? That those might seem like simple, silly problems, but they're problems nonetheless that we have to carry. On top of problems, there's pressures. Pressures that I'm sure many of you have. Pressures for work. Pressures to be able to meet a deadline and, and you're short staffed and you don't know how you're going to get there. Pressures at school to be able to pass this test that's so important and, and you're carrying this pressure of this more things that you're just carrying upon yourself. There's, there's pressures for all of us. And before we know it, we're carrying these pressures along this walk. And it's one more burden we have to carry, one more distraction. And then on top of daily life and pressures, there's real problems. There's the problems of, of a bad medical diagnosis that some of you are carrying. There's the problems of broken relationships. There's the problems of a broken home, of, of broken friendships. There's problems that I can't even imagine what you are carrying. It's just these burdens that you are now trying to walk through and carry with your life. And so we have have everyday busyness, we have pressures, we have problems that are all weighing us down and distracting us on our walk with God. And yet I come back to this verse, this promise that Jesus has for you and for me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest. Jesus is sharing there's this idea of a yoke. If you're not a, a farmer, you not, might not be familiar with it. This, this yoke was something that they put on an oxen, uh, either on a single or a team of oxen. And they would put it, and it was like a, a heavy, cumbersome thing that went over their neck to help control them, that the farmer would easily be able to direct them in the right direction, that way they'd be able to control them. And it was, it, it, it was just a small little uh, a piece of, uh, of wood or of leather that was upon them. But it was a burden to them. But it was cumbersome and it it controlled them. It's this idea that Jesus says, my yoke is easy. He wasn't just talking about this farming tool, but there is this idea based off this farming tool, which is this thing that is burdensome and controlling, that in the Hebrew culture there was this idea of a yoke. And what it was was something that was put upon you. And so in that time there was the yoke of the Torah. The Torah was the law. Right? And there was the law that you had to follow to try to be holy. And so there was this idea that there was the law that God had presented. And, you know, Go back to the Moses and he presents the Ten Commandments. It was these ten laws that you had to follow. And, and if you just followed those ten laws, life would be pretty good. But somewhere along the line, the, the Pharisees and the re- religious rulers, people that were trying to do good, kept adding to these laws. Kept adding to this yoke of the Torah. And so there became all these things that they had to do now. That they had to do to be able to be a good follower of God. And so they added these new regulations and these new requirements and these new laws. So much so that when the Ten Commandments comes down, God tells them, tells the people of Israel to observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. Sounds pretty simple, Right? But the Pharisees and the rulers of law made all these extra regulations that you couldn't walk this far on the Sabbath, that you couldn't turn on, you couldn't eat this way on the Sabbath, that you couldn't do this and do that. And so much so that there was 600 extra laws put on in the the yoke of the Torah just for the Sabbath. You got that picture, if you're familiar with that story, when the lawyer comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit heaven? It's almost like if you read between the lines, he says, there's so many different laws, so many different rules. How can I get to heaven? What is the one that I need to be sure to follow? Because I can't follow all this. But the people kept adding more and more. And so they make it more and more difficult to follow Jesus. Jesus that they had to follow God, that the people had to work harder and, and do more to follow more laws and more rules. And so this idea of the yoke of the Torah wasn't just an Old Testament idea. It goes on today. You know what it's like to be a good Christian. We have to behave a certain way, right? You have to, to say the certain things. You got to vote a certain way. You got to put those certain posts on Facebook. You got to do all these different things. Listen to the right music. Go with the, be in the right crowd. To be a good Christian, you got to do these things. And so many people are turned away from organized religion because they see this list of rules and this list of regulations instead of seeing this is a relationship. With Jesus Christ, and seeing that this was a walk with Jesus, we see that we've put on more and more things that they now have to do. That is harder and harder to follow Jesus. And, and so we have that even now that you have to be a good Christian and, and example when you come to, to church you put on this smile right I, I don't know about you guys but I know my family has done it that we pull in and we've been yelling and yelling at each other and it was a horrible time getting here and the doors open and we smile and it's like nothing's ever happened and, and we, from 9.30 to 11 everybody's full of joy and rainbows are going and unicorns are flying and then the doors close at 11 and we're fighting again, right? Um, A a couple years ago, I got a text from Sarah about 920. She said, we're not coming to church. It's horrible here at home. And I was like, what? She's not coming? It was Easter, all right? And so, and she had just given up. And she's like, I'm not coming. On top of it was Easter. This was the Easter my son was getting baptized. And she's just like, we're done, and so finally about nine forty they, they showed up and, and frantic and frazzled. You guys know what it's like. But we somehow think we gotta put on this show that we gotta be just right, look perfect, all smiles, instead of being real. And so we think that we gotta do more and more to be able to make it as a Christian. The yoke of the Torah. Then there was the yoke of the kingdom. The yoke of the kingdom was this idea of what it meant to be to get into heaven in the first place. That we have sin in us, and and because of sin we are kept away from God, and so there was this idea that you had to make sacrifices, and there was this whole ritual of what kind of sacrifices for what sins. And there was all these regulations on how to become pure and how to be close to God, how to get to the kingdom of God. These Old Testament ideas like Isaiah 1.4 says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden, a people burdened with inequity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. This idea that the people are are fallen and away from God. And Psalm 38.4 says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. We have these sins that are keeping us from God, and instead of trying to bring them to the Lord, instead of confessing, I see so often people try to overcome those sins by covering them up, trying to do it in our own hands, that you have a lie, and then you have to have another lie to cover up that lie, right? And before you know it, you have this whole house of cards that's waiting to collapse, that you think I can fix this broken relationship on my own. I can beat this addiction without any help. I can work through this all on our own. And we end up carrying the guilt and hurt by ourselves. And we just keep trying harder and harder and harder to be able to overcome. And we end up having to work harder and think this is how we're going to get to Jesus. Jesus. Is because Jesus wouldn't accept me as I am, Jesus wouldn't accept this the sinner that I am. And so we think that we gotta fix ourselves, we gotta do this, without just presenting this to God, without coming to the Lord and saying, I'm broken, I'm weary, I'm burdened, I need rest. And so we keep finding ourselves fighting harder and harder and harder. And before we know it, we're like this treadmill. Just running as fast as we can. And getting nowhere. And we keep trying in our own hands. And this, this is the message of Easter. Right? This is the message of why we're here this morning to celebrate. Because the reality is that no matter what we do, we try harder and harder. We try going faster and faster. But we can try to carrying our burdens ourselves. We can try carrying our guilt ourselves. We can try fixing our relationships. We can try earning our way to God. We can try faking it and putting on a mask so everyone sees us and thinks that we are the good Christian. And the reality is that we're never going to make it there by ourselves because this is the message of Easter the message of Easter is that in our own hands we're not going to make it but in Jesus' hands with two nails through them on the cross we will find rest after beating, after being whipped after humiliation and torture Jesus who had no sin came and died for us and for us that are full of sin and keep working faster and faster and harder and harder and harder, we find ourselves looking to Jesus as the only answer that could take away our sins. And as he stood on that cross and he cried out after his last breath, it is finished. He buried his head and he breathed his last. And he took our burdens and our shame and our guilt, and all of the effort that we've tried doing this ourselves. And he did it that day on the cross. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The literal translation is, I will rest you. Wouldn't it be nice to let go and let Jesus rest us? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His yoke is easy for us because he's already carried it. As we carry those burdens, we don't need to carry them ourselves. We just need to carry them to the cross, and he will take them from there. That he'll take our guilt and our shame because on the cross he died, but three days later he rose again, which we're here to celebrate. That he has conquered death. He has conquered our sins. He has conquered all those things that we are carrying and trying to get to, uh, earn our way to heaven, earn God's favor. He's already done it for us because he has risen He is risen indeed the yoke is light and all we have to to do is have faith in Jesus when he shares that passage come to me all you are weary and burdened right after that is two Sabbath stories one where he's picking grains and the Pharisees get on His case and say you can't do that and he explains to them that he has come to redeem the Sabbath one where he heals a man whose arm is crippled and he heals him, and the man can move, use his arm again. And the Pharisees say, you can't do that. And he explains that he's come to restore mankind. On the cross, that's what he did. He redeemed, and he restored you and me. Some of you this morning haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior. And I want to encourage you this morning, this morning, to be redeemed. I love this beautiful image. I I got tears in my eyes as I watched Steve baptize his daughter. And that was beautiful, but I don't know if you caught it. It was more beautiful at the moment after. He just picked her up, and he didn't put her down. What a beautiful image for our salvation, that we've been redeemed, and God took away our sins, and he just holds us, and he's not going to put us down. For some of us this morning, we just need to be reminded that we've been redeemed and restored. That there's times in our days when we're trying our hardest to to make it on our own, to realize it is finished. Christ already did it. Jeremiah 6, 16 says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. This morning let us rejoice that we've been redeemed let us rejoice that we've been restored let's rejoice that we no longer have to keep pursuing and running in place and getting nowhere because Jesus has already done it come to me all of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God thank you for this morning that we can rejoice that you have to come and taken the burden. God there are people here that are, are weary. There's people here that are burdened with the activities of daily life, with, with problems, with sin, with guilt. God let us leave those at the cross to stop running in place and just turn to you and realize your yoke is easy because you have already taken the weight of our sins on the cross. God, we thank you that on the cross you were able to cry out, it.